Today's first scripture reading is from the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, and then 11 and 12. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, but yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and, to, and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he responded, here I am. He then said, come no closer, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought your people, the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. Our second reading is from James chapter 2, verses 14 to 17. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Morning. Our third reading this morning is from Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 40. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you, should, you have that have blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when it was that we saw you as a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when it was that you, you saw, we saw you sick or in prison and visited you. And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these, you are members of my family, you did it to me. May God bless our understanding of this reading. So I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience this week um, down in, or last week in Biloxi, Mississippi. A little bit about me, since I'm new to this church. Um, 
I was baptized and confirmed in a UCC church in a little town, mile long, in Dallastown, Pennsylvania. Um, so when I moved to Connecticut to take um, a new position at the University of Hartford, I was looking for a new church. I attended church services one day, first church here in Glastonbury, and right away I knew I found a home. Even though it was a bigger church than I was used to, I was drawn by the support of several missions and sense of community. One of my first memories was a call for action, encouraging members to take part in an annual intergenerational mission trip to Biloxi, Mississippi to support Back Bay Mission. As um, we had talked a little bit about the history, um, the youth group had gone to a Back Bay Mission way back um, in 2005, which was pre-Katrina. Um, and then Katrina hit, and one of our members, named Ryan King, um, had just graduated from the youth group, had gone on the youth trip, and then had left home for college. Um, after Katrina hit, not only did he feel compelled to go back again, he also questioned why the trip was only reserved for a youth group. Um, this served as the catalyst for an intergenerational mission trip, and this group then first visited in 2006. And obviously now, um, been going the first full week of January for the last 16 years or so. Um, flash forward one year, I recently hit my one year anniversary of joining First Church, and again there was a call for interest in taking the annual trip to Biloxi. I mentioned to Pastor Kate that I was thinking about going on the trip, and she enthusiastic said, you absolutely need to go. <laughs> we all know Kate. <laughs> Secretly, I think she was looking for me to meet more people in our church, as I'm a creature of habit, and I sit in that back corner, this was the first time I was up front <laughs> all year, by myself every Sunday morning. Um, I was again having second thoughts about the trip, and sure enough, Pastor Kate reached out right away and basically said, you're going. <laughs> then, Pastor David um, obviously reached out as well and said, we really want you to experience it. So thank you. Um, so on January 5th, I arrived to meet the group at Bradley International Airport for a trip to Biloxi, Mississippi, not knowing a soul. Didn't know anyone, any of these people. A little fearful of being one of only two newbies out of a group of 24 on the tri trip, Diana, our group leader, welcomed me right away, and I felt at ease. I was compelled to volunteer because the Bible teaches us that all Christians have different gifts from God, and we are to use these gifts to serve others. It is also more blessed to give than to receive. There's a quote that has always resonated with me, and it goes like this. No act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. I certainly felt this last week while in Biloxi, Mississippi. We all had different gifts, and gifts we certainly didn't know we even had. For me, I never really used power tools, and frankly, they scare me. <laughs> and everybody knew that. Uh, but fearless leaders at the worksite, thank you Doug and Jim, pushed me and others to overcome our fear fears and get the job done. I'm still in awe of how much we accomplished in just four and a half days in the worksite. We framed an entire house when it's through, which is pretty amazing. While others were working on the house, some of our members were helping in the food pantry, the soup kitchen, and the mica house. Again, we all have different gifts, and there's plenty of opportunity to go out of our comfort zones and give back to society. 
So if you're scared of power tools like me, there's still a role for you. Many of you were very familiar with passages in Matthew and Peter in which it encouraged us to volunteer and help out others. There's also a verse in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, that depending on what Bible you use, it says, whatever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. In the Bible we use here and refer to often, says essentially the same thing. A generous person will be enriched, and one who gives water will get water. Many times we don't think a lot about being generous. We, we are often thinking about how we can save enough money to buy the car, shoes or the phone we want. Lots of energy goes into making sure we have the latest and greatest. And while there's nothing wrong with wanting nice things, who doesn't want nice things? We've got to keep it in the proper perspective. Acquiring things can trap us in an endless cycle. You get something, but it doesn't really satisfy you. So you try to obtain the next thing. And that doesn't really make you happy. So you reach for something new. If you're not careful, your whole world can be turned into the pursuit of stuff. True happiness comes when you put pursuing things to the side and begin living a life of generosity. I feel I've gained so much from this mission trip and thank the entire congregation for their continued support of this trip and the Back Bay Mission Nonprofit operated by the UCC Church. church. Um, I've actually only gone to the church a few times, um, but I just, I wanted to serve God, and um, I was so thankful when I got this opportunity to, to go on this missions trip. Um, like I said, I didn't know anyone before I went, and um, everyone was just so welcoming and wonderful. Um, everyone just embraced me. There was never one moment where I felt alone or that I didn't belong. Um, Everyone was just so representative of this church body, and, um, and that was incredible. Um, so um, just going on this trip, um, I have a daughter who's 11. I'm a single mom, and I had some mom guilt with going. I've never been away from her for so long. Um, so that was difficult initially, but, um, but I was able to get over that. And um, I, I think I missed her more than she missed me. <laughs> So, um, it just, it was such an incredible trip to be able to serve, and being in my 30s, this is my first missions trip. Um, I grew up in church, um, I went to a Bible college, and I still had never been on a missions trip, and to have this opportunity now, and for everything, child care to come together, um, it was just such an incredible experience for me, and it was great to just kind of get out of my own um, life and be able to serve others. Um, it just, it felt really good and it felt so amazing to see everyone use their gifts and um, everyone had their own gifts. Um, Rita with her cooking and um, uh, Doug with the construction and just everyone had brought something to the table. Um, and so um, I kind of echo Stacy. This was my first time using power tools, so that was interesting and awesome. All of my housework at home seems so much less hard <laughs> now. Um, 
But um, I just wanted to encourage everyone who um, you know has it in their heart to serve. Um, you know, I would just I would just encourage you to just go out there and um, even in your community find ways to serve. I have a quote from Beth Moore. She's an evangelist. Um, she says, Christ could afford to be humble as he served upon this earth. After all, he was the son of God. He had nothing to prove. Yet does his word not also say that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ? Do you know who you are? Then go ahead and wash a few feet. God's most liberated servants are those who also know they have nothing to prove. Um, and a verse from Matthew, Mark 10, 42 to 45. You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave to all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, thank you all. Thank you for this experience. Good morning. Good morning. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Ken Brown. Uh, this is my fifth year going on the intergenerational trip, and actually my sixth year down to Back Bay. I went one year uh, with the senior high group. So this year, uh, Diana put me on the spot a bit and asked me to give the Wednesday message at church. Uh, every Wednesday uh, on our trip, we go to the Main Street Missionary Baptist Church, um, and we sing a few hymns uh, for them, and we also share a message. So I begrudgingly agreed, um, <laughs> and I started to think. I said, what am I going to talk about? Well, I started to think. I said, what makes this trip so special? beyond just the ability to serve uh, others less fortunate than ourselves. Um, and what makes this trip special for me is the teamwork and the bonding. We have such a, a great group of people um, that, that go down and we enjoy so much good fellowship. So uh, I hope you're prepared for some interaction. Uh, how many people have heard the saying, if you want it, want it done right, you've got to do it yourself? Okay, a lot of people, that's what I expected. Um, but now I want you to think about this. All of our rights are different. My right is different from Jim's right, is different from Doug's right. We all have three different rights, but they usually all end up in the same place. So it's rather fitting that it snowed yesterday because I have this analogy for you. Think of a snowflake. One snowflake doesn't do much but a lot of snowflakes, and you start to get a lot of snow piling up. So in a way, when we all go down as this big group, we're all a bunch of individual snowflakes, all unique, but together we get a lot done. In four and a half days, we framed a house all the way up through the ceiling joists. That's pretty impressive for a group of volunteers. So I have this reading for you from Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Like I said, we have such a diverse group and so many different skills to offer 
that we're able to come together as a team and get a lot of work done. From 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 17 through 20, If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. We have people that can measure, people that can cut, people that can nail, and people that can lift. We all play to our strengths, but we also work towards developing and strengthening our weaknesses. So my message for you is next time you're working in a team, think about the different strengths that people can bring, but also think about developing their weaknesses. And one last plug for the mission trip. For any of you out there uh, whose children are in high school or any of you uh, youth out there, just because high school ends doesn't mean the mission trips stop. I'm a testament to that. Like I said, I've been going for six years now. I've now graduated college and working full time, and I still can't get away from it. <laughs> Thank you.